0: Hello and welcome back to Diary of a Name Dropper. I'm sorry, we've had a technical hiatus, but we are back and better than ever with the most amazing guests lined up. And this one is an absolute corker. To use her own words, a corker. I am joined today by someone I've admired since the 90s, who is the star of one of my absolute favourite films. I think any Gen Xer would put this in their top five films star of angel at my table shallow grave of course intimacy little joe rare beasts the color room and hotly anticipated conversations with friends which is out next week today i am joined by the one and only kerry Fox. Thank you so much for joining me today on Diary of a Name Dropper. a right, pleasure. Yeah. Because, like I said, I'm a huge fan. Shallow Grave, I know people talk about Shallow Grave over here. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, for Generation Xers, it was just, for me, It was I was living in flats with housemates and oh, yeah, yeah. it was just so poignant at the times. It was just brilliant. But we'll get to that. So, how are you Anyway. Oh, God, I've just been on the phone to talk, talk. No, I wasn't a virgin. I've
1: just been trying to, you know, transfer things for, you know, and it's like five days and it's still screwed up. And now I've been fined by talk, talk. Oh, you're joking. It's just like, it does your head in. Everything is so much more difficult and takes longer and and it doesn't work. It doesn't operate. So what you think you have isn't happening. Like I, I, I almost lost my own number, you know.
0: And I don't know how that happened. We are, I just feel now that we're just, everyone is so trapped in this sort of vicious circle of just being overcommitted and, you know, underpaid. <laughs> I've just watched three Confused. cars being towed away from our road. You know, this is a... What do you mean? They, how, why have they been towed? Well, they what? haven't been able to pay tax or potentially insurance. So they had a clamp on them and a sticker all last week. And today they towed people's cars away.
1: They've just been taken away. Yeah. Because that's always the
0: solution when someone can't pay for something. Give them even more money to, to front up. Yeah, absolutely. You did choose to come and live in this country. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) a long time ago. Well, you were, you. I was going to say you. When it was European. (laughs) Yeah, don't. And full of culture. Don't trigger me. Don't.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's sort of. I remember so clearly when um, Brexit was first decided by the vote, and it was such a shock. And and the thought of not being part of Europe and not being part of European culture was so horrifying to me. Because you know, one of my most prized awards is from the Berlin Film Festival yeah. and you know I work so tremendously, fully with um, European directors and artists and creators and filmmakers and I mean, just, it's just as horrifying to me to know that that's going to
0: be more difficult and not smooth and that we're sort of ostracised. For me as a daughter of immigrants who came to this country because of the Holocaust, for me, Europe the EU meant safety. It meant that we won't make the same mistakes and it's illegal to basically <coughs> invade your neighbour. That, for me, was what EU, the EU meant for me, obviously. And and Berlin is a place in my heart where my family are originally from Germany and I would love to live in Berlin one day and that's been totally taken away. So, But I'm very lucky. I don't have to travel with work and it it's awful. It's really awful. And I want to talk about all your... Amazing awards because one thing I will say about you is why I love you so much, and I'm such a super fan, <laughs> and I'm trying to really rein this one in. It's because you take on such brave roles. Not every character is likeable, particularly, but no. that's what it's everything. I watched, I revisited Angel at My Table.
1: And oh, yeah, because everyone's watching it now because it's all, like all over uh, Netflix. Netflix, isn't
0: it? It's yeah, big. yeah. And it's such uncomfortable viewing in a way because of the cruelty but you are just honestly Kerry I can't believe I'm actually talking to yourself so ridiculous <laughs> your presence on the screen is just mesmerising and
1: thank you that was, uh, yeah because I saw bits of it recently There's, they're making a documentary about well, this French com um, maker woman is uh, making a documentary about Jane Campion and they were wanting to use some of the clips from that so I saw a few bits of it and some other stuff that I hadn't seen before um, not from filming but from around that time uh, with me and Jane and um, it's sort of so weird to think like just recognizing what she did at that time what she was achieving in filmmaking as a woman it's so at the time I didn't realize the significance I, I didn't realize how unique she was in the world how she was striding so far ahead of everyone else and she was so um, on her own. I mean, that's the most extraordinary thing. Her self-belief. And so to have that as my first sort of instruction or entry into film, that's all I knew. That's I thought the whole world was like that, you know? And I sort of, I suppose it's taken a long time to realise that the whole world isn't like that. But in reality, my experience of the people that I work with, they have been progressive and forward and feminist and, um, interested really? in human nature but generally I would say I've had I've had very few and minor bad experiences because the sort of people that I want to work with or more importantly the sort of people who want to work with me <laughs> um, aren't like that you know they aren't wankers basically
0: I find as a general rule but taking it back to Jane Campion you say she it was a you thought the whole the whole industry would be like that I mean to be a woman back then and also New Zealand, which wasn't really known for its, you know, it wasn't Hollywood. So everything must no. have been so much harder for her.
1: I think because it was also a bubble as well. And the Australian film industry particularly, and she she went to film school in Australia, so she was coming over from the glamorous Sydney in order to make this work in New Zealand. So she was, you know, more sophisticated than us lot
0: <laughs> because she came from australia and, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and
1: um and she'd been to film school because i don't even know if we had a film school then and um and so you know it was sort of like we didn't yeah we didn't really know what the rest of the world was like uh, in many ways so did you audition for her or you or you met yeah, her? yeah i remember it you at know, the audition it took me ages before i realized that the woman in the beret behind the camera was the director it it takes me a long time often to realize lots of really basic things (laughs) you know I was very in my head when I did the audition I was very determined to do my best and act really well so I wasn't really focused on anything other than the scenes and the character and stuff
0: like that so I wasn't very conscious of what was around me but the casting is extraordinary I mean the the way the the shift of the ages I mean you do you all look very there's a I mean, it's just extraordinary. Are you still in touch with the crew? I've never had contact with any of them
1: because I left New Zealand the day
0: I, I finished filming there. No. And I never went back to live there
1: again, yeah. I saw it as saw it as my opportunity to leave and I knew that if I didn't seize it, then I might not get that opportunity again. So it hadn't even been released? Well, we finished filming in the UK and the trip was so enormous then I, I just knew not to go back because I, I might not get out again, you know. So wow, that's a leap! I, I spent of faith. a few months here, and then I moved to Australia to Sydney. Yeah, but i had been brought up by my parents to, you know, to leave New Zealand. That was the objective. Oh, you really? Have to leave New Zealand, you've got to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to understand the world and get on in the world and see the world, because it was such a big place. And,
0: and you know what? I- ironically, I during the pandemic I looked at. New Zealand and thought oh I want to be in New Zealand (laughs) 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 with your brilliant breastfeeding leader oh god she's just (laughs) she's glorious I don't know maybe 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 to the outside world I don't know but it looks you guys look like you've really got it sewn up over there I think that's happened with a lot of the world everyone flocked to Britain and we all we rested on our laurels and went well we don't need to improve we everyone loves us as we are Uh and uh Yeah. Stuck in the idea of
1: the Empire, I think.
0: I think you're absolutely... Really, really important. (laughs) It's exactly that, isn't it? Really important. (laughs) It's exactly that. It is all about the Empire. And when you think of the Empire in Star Wars, you know how horrible empires are. (laughs) (laughs) So are you still in touch with Jane Campion? Because obviously she won big things very recently. Yeah, I saw
1: her... I mean, I saw her in October. I haven't heard from her since that. All of the Oscar build up is so, for all of them who have made films who are in the running, it's so exhausting and so consuming and just totally head screwy. Like have you the done drive that? and the push is pretty horrifying. No, no, I never have. But um, so it's overwhelming, you know. I'm sure she'll have her head underground. Uh, in the sea or somewhere like that or in a mountain or something for (laughs) a few months to go (laughs) deep breathing (laughs) yeah exactly
0: so you came over here angel at my table was released had you what was the the time between that and shallow grave because that was just so i i took some time here
1: and but then I moved to Australia about three months after finishing filming, and then I lived in Australia for some time. But it took me a long time to get work in Australia because, because of not being your typical
0: actress type. And um, what do you mean by that? Were well, you told that a lot in auditions? Some someone who doesn't eat, obviously, and
1: um, <laughs> that's funny. Mainly me, uh, and also being quite sort of forthright, and having my own sense of. Self and the sort of work I wanted to do, um, but then I, I I worked with Gillian Armstrong in Australia and I and then I and I any opportunity I had through an angel at my table I'd travel the world and take myself to places and seize the moments and the open doors and everything and and I ended up meeting Danny Boyle in London and he had a TV show that he was doing and then he invited me to play on and um, I didn't want to play the character that he offered me and he offered me every other role but I knew my agent was really good at that time he said just go for the one you want just say I want this and I won't accept anything else and then of course so Danny did offer me the character I wanted and so I did this show with him with a great cast um, at the time Kathy Burke and Leah Williams and um, and Minnie
0: Driver and oh Minnie I grew up with Minnie
1: did you yeah our our
0: family we're all very good friends she's great Mm
1: -hmm. god i haven't seen her for a long time well i'm hoping to get her on ah good
0: yeah she's good she's got a book out
1: oh i saw i saw on instagram she was at um oxfam bay garnet sale
0: (laughs) (laughs) on the weekend (laughs) rifling (laughs) rifling through the vintage (laughs) didn't that wasn't that selfridges or something was... Uh, it was in some church hall. Or yeah, something, you I, know. I still couldn't afford yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't
1: know. It wasn't that bad. I mean, was I didn't not? get to go, but, you know, well, even the Selfridges one wasn't that bad. The prices weren't bad. No,
0: it's good. Oh, I must say, go. going um, into London is so bloody expensive anyway. Sorry, digressing over Minnie.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I met Danny and we worked together on that. We really enjoyed it. And we wanted to make a film together. So when he had the opportunity to make Shallow Grave, he wrote to me and
0: asked me to do
1: that with him. So you didn't so audition? It was straightforward.
0: No. Oh, that's brilliant. I have to say, it sounds to me, I never, I never hear this often, but sometimes sticking to your guns and having integrity really has paid off because you have been in control of your career.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah, I've, certain things I've done recently, I just say, no, I will only accept this. This is, you know, particularly with my worth and my value. And, and um, yeah, it really pays, really pays off. And also, if people are going to, you know, not behave or treat me in, with re- fairness basically or respect, then I wouldn't want to work with them anyway. No. It's sort of, it's a no brainer really. One thing I'm always wary of is that definition of actresses being demanding, but that's just not my experience. I mean, and I think most people that I work with, they're really brilliant directors from here in Europe or Australasia, New Zealand. They know that we as actresses who are in any way successful in terms of having simply a career, we work so hard and so committed to the process of working and delivering great performances, you know, that we're not mucking around. We're not doing it because we want to be a pain. We're not doing it because we think so highly of ourselves. We do it because we're really committed to improving the end outcome. And that's, it's relentless. And actually, because I did this thing called The Colour Room that's on, um, what's it on, Sky, about Clarice Cliff, the Art Deco pottery ceramicist, designer. The writer of that, I hadn't met her because it was COVID, but I'd been very um, driven while creating that character and delivering that role to keep pushing and pushing and pushing the nature of the mother character I was playing and I and I'd understood that because this was the writer's first produced screenplay that it might be a sensitive response from her or you know but actually when I met her she was really pleased, she wanted to say thank you for me pushing and pushing and pushing and constantly pushing even to that point even through the publicity end of the trail to um, just deliver the character with full richness and breadth and complications and she really respected that and she said she'd she found it really inspiring, the way that I just kept hammering away in what I believed in. Because, you know, she understood all my challenges and why I was challenging and why I was wanting it to move forward. It was really, it was quite, it was a relief to me too, because that is actually, I recognise is respected in me. That's what I'm known for, you know, I'm
0: relentless. With putting everything into your roles, is it hard to switch off coming away from the set? Um. Did you go full Daniel Day-Lewis?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I do, I suppose. But, but I'm a mother, you know, I'm a single mother. So I think that's really changed the way I act. Because, um, you know, I can, I can never not be a, you know, a mother that's like, I can't, I can't afford to be any sort of drip on the home front. And obviously it's much easier if I go away, then I don't have that day-to-day responsibility. But I, go, I don't go away that often unless it's really important. I'm, I generally try and be home as much as possible. Like I've got an upcoming job in Tasmania, but it's right in the holidays, in the school holidays, so I know that I can go because I'm not being a mother of children going to school or a child going to school.
0: Oh, brilliant. Will the boys go with you? Well, I think
1: one will. One's older, he's 21. He definitely wants to come, but the other one's a bit um, uncertain. He's um, just kicking off to a level so... He, but I think yeah. he will, and I think I'm tempting him. But um, the in terms of like acting is in many ways the easiest thing I do. It's really to me, it's just a breeze. It's is like, it really? If I'm given the opportunity, yeah. So the biggest difficulty is having the opportunity to act, having working with people who completely trust me, working with where I'm supported, where the thought processes and the physical processes that I go through are really understood and given flight and then and, and help to give, give flight with the collaborators and the vision and the cinematic vision and everything and then then it's really
0: easy so on that on that note with that with that factoring in what has been your I mean everything comes easy to you and and
1: no I wouldn't say that well I don't know
0: I you don't ever see the actress you see the character for me and it's quite when you when you I know quite a few actors so sometimes watching them on tv can can be a bit of a difficult shift and you were like I can see with you you don't it's just every character is just that it's genius and what would you say was your (laughs) hardest role no I think you're brilliant I'm like I said for me in this world of reality and world of you know actresses just taking any old roles because either they have to or they want to remain in the public eye for me integrity authenticity but taking on roles that aren't always flattering that aren't always easy that do address abuse and control and misery and it, we need representation like that and life is shit for women and you you do such a brilliant role of,
1: <laughs> of, of kind of Re- revealing that, <laughs> revealing that, yeah, without without
0: you know making it sound like every single one of your plays is the female eunuch or something like that. But what's the hardest? Because I know you won that you mentioned earlier the Berlin was Berlin Film Fest. It wasn't the Berlin Film Fest. it was the, it was the oh, Berlin. Intimacy,
1: film. yeah, yeah, intimacy. yeah, I mean, yeah, we went.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you mind discussing intimacy? Because it must have been the most asked question: you've, I don't
1: mind if you have you seen it?
0: I haven't seen it because you can't you can't see it anywhere, but I've seen clips and I've read about it and I've actually read your ex-husband's article in in The Guardian as well. so I was very aware of it.
1: Right, that's funny. that's so influential, isn't it that piece it's, it's, can't you see it anywhere I find no, that really And weird.
0: I tried really really and I thought well, if I'm having you on, I really need to. I mean I've seen the clips and I
1: Oh I find that so distressing
0: it's so hard to find i mean it's not to find
1: oh that's really upsetting isn't it so it's i find that really
0: depressing i think so because it was the first ever film british film with the it's it's not simulated if it's real is it what's the word i'm looking for a a fake dick i don't know (laughs) what word are you looking for (laughs) it's real (laughs) It's not pretend. And it was the first film of its nature in the British film industry because, I mean, since then we've had the French release Baisemois, which I think is an incredible... Have you seen Baisemois? Uh,
1: No. I sort of got put off a bit,
0: films like that. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Had enough of (laughs) willies.
1: Yeah, um, I am disappointed that that's not available. But a lot of people have an opinion about it without having seen it. And particularly, I think I found it very difficult in the British press as opposed to, you know, France or Germany or other parts of the world. And and weirdly, I think also Alex's article brought it to the fore before anybody could see it. So there were a lot of opinions before people had seen it and judgment. And um, And I don't think it did the film any favours. And certainly didn't do me any favours. And I and I think it clouded the reception of the film, yeah. It's I,
0: it's really it's sort of sad. Because that's all everyone focused on.
1: Yeah. And also the the judgment of it, the morality, the you know, purse lip. But we're good at that in Britain, aren't of we? British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just wasn't the case in the rest of in Europe. The rest of, it was the rest of Europe then. In Europe, um, where it was really recognised as the great piece of work than I believe it is so it's hard for it's hard for me to have a neutral experience more neutral take on how it was received in the UK because I don't
0: well I've heard nothing but wonderful things but I did want to bring it back to that sort of pursed Britishness and you know I don't think there's any sort of coincidence that we have some of the you know the worst sex offenders and paedophiles in this country that get away with it in plain sight as as we've you know we knew found out oh, with Jimmy right. Savile and I think the reason we're like this in England is because we're so uptight Britain England maybe we're so uptight and we're such we're so repressed and actually my my uncle was a film director in Germany and he did a lot of what would be regarded as soft porn and I just feel that when I was in Germany I feel very liberated you can be topless without yeah. people looking at your tits um and so yeah. for me to be to think of a film as just that is is alien because I was I was brought up in an incredibly liberal family my kids have always seen me naked we've never had a fear of nudity we've spoken about sex from in fact my kids are quite square because, because they're
1: repulsed by their mother yeah totally <laughs> repulsed <laughs> by to the my,
0: my son told me the other day I was instantly unlikable <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hold on to that
1: <laughs> don't. but i think because you were asking about what's the most difficult yes. wondering if that was
0: very difficult
1: but i but i sort of i'm trying to think i can't think of
0: but janet frame must have been hard
1: well see in some ways not because really? i mean i was completely focused but but also those two they had those two really great little girls and i watched them all through rehearsal and i knew that they were so good and so true and always delivered honesties that I had to match them in every way, not only in their physicality and their looks and their movements and their gestures, but also in their delivery of truth. And so, you know, I felt like the bar was quite high, but it was, but I had a, a guide, I suppose. I had, guided by the little ones, yeah. God. Well, they couldn't change who they were. That's the one thing about kid actors. You can't get them to not be themselves. And, you know,
0: so I had to match them. That's great. And you were young, weren't you, to take on such a... 23. God.
1: So I've just been working with this incredible actress called Alison Oliver in Conversations with Friends, which is about to open. or not open. What does it do? Come on TV. (laughs) um, Come on TV. Turn up. (laughs) Scream. Be on the telly shortly. Or oh, probably on some people's computer
0: screens. Where, where can we but, see this one? We'll, we'll have to put this all in, We'll put it all in show notes. We will it's this...
1: BBC3 and Hulu. So it's a, it's a follow-up to, um, but the precursor actually in some ways, to um, Normal People. So it's the first novel written by Sally Rooney and it's directed by Lenny Abramson and his whole team that made Normal People. Oh, but um, wow. the girl who's leading that. Alison. Oliver. She's so wonderful. I think she's the best person I've ever played with before, and and she's so phenomenal. And you know, and weirdly, because I felt very reflective of my own time doing an angel at my table when I was exactly the same age as her, <laughs> and you know, having to do something of the same intensity. Like Lenny Abramson is a genius director, and also actually, an angel at my table was TV. You don't forget we made it as TV, and. Um, yeah there were just sort of so many things about it that were reflective of my own experience i just adored her and thought she's i think she's absolutely brilliant it gives
0: you hope yeah hope for the next generation gosh yeah yeah because in this world of reality where you can be famous by farting Mm -hmm. saturated with kardashians and so anything like that is just for me as a woman because i want I want my daughter to not be, she wants to go into the world of politics and, and that's cut mm. it is. And I, it's, it's women like you portraying these brilliant characters and feminist icons on, on screen. Um, I watched something with you in, because she wants to do law. And I watched Top Wedding. No, hang on. On Netflix now. Top, top End Wedding. That's it. You play a lawyer and you're terrifying. <laughs>
1: That's right, yeah. I forgot I was a lawyer.
0: I forget what I do in these, I forget what the characters' names Wonderful. are, what,
1: what their jobs are. Those things don't really interest me, you know. Um, yeah, with our beautiful Miranda Tapsell. Yeah, she yeah. wrote that as well as was the lead. Yeah, she's pretty clever and inspiring. Boy, she's a like through and through activist. It's just like jaw-dropping being around her. You can hardly keep up. It's, she's so mesmerizing and charismatic and forceful. Oh,
0: she's great (laughs) do you prefer to work for women um that's interesting um sorry throw it out there but i just i mean it seems that your most incredible work has been when you've been directed by
1: well that was a male director she was acting in it um he was an he's an aboriginal director called wayne blair um um do i prefer i it's danny Uh, boyle
0: but he he wanted you i think i think all the great
1: male directors i've worked with are very female in nature they're quite um manipulative in a good sense like you know that's what the director has to do they have to make you deliver so they're using their knowledge of you and their expertise and their you know yeah D- directing is the art of manipulation um but manipulation isn't necessarily a bad thing and also they're very
0: unnecessarily a female thing either
1: <laughs> well it's considered isn't it no that's yeah, what I'm it saying, is. these male directors are like they they're really con- interested Really like intrigued in human nature and what makes people tick and why why they tick the way they do, you know. Um, so I think I think my experience with the really great directors I've worked with, like many abramson or or Danny or or Wayne, in fact, on top End wedding as well, because Wayne's a brilliant actor as well, like beautiful man, you know they they have this what I would in broad brush strokes call um very female. Traits, yeah. which
0: I applaud. We were talking about that the other day, how women have, can have very male traits and some men can have very female traits. And it's, it's actually, it's a lot more. Someone said to me, you're really male, aren't you? And I was like, God, that's never, no one's ever said that to me before. And what they did that didn't... mean? Yeah. What were they referring to? Just my whole aura is male. And it's, it's the second time someone, there's this little, lady that lives in our road she's 92 she's like Yoda she's incredible and she was telling me about the age of Aquarius and she said you're male you have a male and I'm trying to remember the name but we're we're all male and female doesn't matter what our genders are and it's really interesting that you say the the male directors you've worked for have actually been very female and that that would make a lot of sense Yeah, certain aspects of their nature yeah yeah, because well, you get thinking. The, the empathy, I would imagine, or maybe it's just you
1: know they pretend they're really empathetic. <laughs> yeah,
0: because they're really manipulative. <laughs> yeah, and
1: so you, they, you deliver what they want, and then they wander off and talk to someone else. <laughs> talk to them, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's like all the directors do that. <laughs> but men are genuinely, generally, quite linear compared to women. I would say. <laughs> I just, I just get really cross with men sometimes. I just think they're could be better (laughs) oh well you can't look
1: can't say that to you know the mother of male teens
0: no i know and i have i have a son and it frightens me every day that having left an abusive marriage you just think nature or nurture what's going to be stronger here it's it's a it, it really worries me because i think there's sometimes there's things he says that make my blood run cold. And I think, well, he's not intentionally saying that. That's just pure nature.
1: But also, is it your response to something, some um, sort of underlying memory that's not really him? You are it's so your, right.
0: your reflection. So you're putting it on him, you know? Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely that. And I'm so glad... Well, my husband's going to be really glad you say that because he said you're so scarred, you're constantly on the defence waiting for him to turn into his father mm. and so thank you for saying that because you've kind of but i
1: also think like because my oldest son went through some really difficult times like very very unwell and and i'm oh, so sorry. worried about him this is to give you hope yeah. <laughs> and i and i focused all my attention on him and really didn't work for a long time couldn't work and was totally at home looking after him and um but he's turned out to be such a beautiful kind person oh. charming and funny and self-deprecating oh, and even so when important. he goes you know off on a big ramble like his father um he still ha- mocks himself he's you know and, he's, yeah. and it's, it's and so i'm hoping that because the second one's really embedded in teens at the moment so a certain social awkwardness and um mm. you know sort of a, a sort of you know bluntness to nature and not seeing the curves and edges of life you know like he was when he was fixing up this for me because he came down and fixed up the microphone and said but why do you want me down here (laughs) mum I don't even know because I would have cried I would have felt it so stressful anyway um, anyway I'm just hoping that if I just lead by example by you know showing him how to be social and charming and fun and witty and help out and you know teaching having a mother like you anyway put the washing machine (laughs) on yeah Yeah, then then and cook you know that then he will turn into the same it'll be the same result that he becomes kind and able and considerate you know and i and i i have faith that's going to turn out even though we've got this sort of teenage mental brain synapses not quite connecting phase that we're in at the moment But have you read the teenage brain no i haven't is that what it's called oh, oh. it's an essential no no it just it makes you take a step back and not and not worry about what's going to happen that the fact that they they you, they there's some huge growth spurt of synapses when they're two or something i don't know the details i'm making this bit up but that's my impression from no, what go, i read go with and that then the experiment. same thing yeah, the same thing happens when they're adolescent, that, they, that all, the, all the useless connections that are of no use to them and don't work anymore, just break away and splinter and dissolve, and new connections are being made at this rapid rate. And so that's why the certain connections are just not really functioning properly in the teenage brain, particularly in boys, mm. you know, they can't make, you know, the leap to what their eyes see, to looking for something in the fridge. You know, it's, this is all related to their brain rebuilding reconnecting and getting rid of the dead wood and that's what happens during that few years like shedding and that's skin. why and they yeah yeah and they can't um they can't don't have any control over it so you have to be really understanding god
0: that's god i wish i'd known that a few years It helped me along.
1: <laughs> exactly. yeah absolutely it really helped
0: me along god god that that's you know i i did a I zoomed a Q&A with Gloria Steinem a couple of weeks ago. She was doing um, a live from New York and um, she was talking about, you know, we're still repeating the same shit, you know, this, you know, while we think we're getting somewhere, they're taking away women's rights in America by, you know, oh, criminalizing yeah. abortions. And she did say the best way we as women can really really educate against feminism because people switch off to us shouting and ranting after a while I know my kids do the minute I shout it's like it's like they've they've gone into a soundproof room and she said it's starting at home with just silly things like well not silly things but we always make an assumption that the woman is going to do the washing but actually Mm. give those jobs straight away to the teenage boy in the family, or or and it just ch- shift up the stereotypes. And I thought, God, yeah. And oh yeah. Your sons are both really lucky to have a mother like you, because to see a but strong also, woman. But also, like, it's
1: very because I have to do everything. Like, I have no family support. The father lives in a different country. So oh, really? it's totally up to me, and and it's really overwhelming. Of different country God. being Scotland, but um, but it's sort of like so I can't, you know, like as well as having to earn all the money, you know, and, and yeah. so. I just find bribery really helps uh, from a very early age. <laughs> so true. I pay them to do all the simple jobs.
0: Why do we have to live on really threat? Un- yeah, yeah. No, it's not threat, it's bribery. Oh, it's in our house, bribery and, and threat.
1: No, 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 there's no threat. Actually, I did have a conversation with one of them recently about how, oh, I was reading some book about discipline or oh, that, that a child had to be disciplined if such and such went wrong. And I, I found it very confusing. And I said to my youngest, well, we don't, we've never had that experience, have we? We don't, like, we don't, I don't use discipline in my house, like negative, no, nothing I is withdrawn don't. from you. And um, I think it was in relation to some new friend of his who couldn't come out when the rest of them were going out or something. And, and I, I just found that so bizarre to me because the only things that matter to me are that my children always feel able to tell me the truth. And no matter how bad it is I will always turn around and pick them up and if it's needed or rain you know yeah. I, they can always tell me what's really happening I'm not expecting them to never lie in, in little white fibs that's all right I don't really care about that but they're always their friends are always welcome their natures are always welcome their behavior you know I think yeah, I think particularly this was from when my oldest was so ill he had chronic fatigue syndrome and and, and he um. And I just realised that if he could just speak whatever he felt the need to speak, then he would get well. And, and, and I, you gave know, him that space. I think that's what's come through, yeah. And did they act and write? No, I think, well, they, well, I think they would like to, but because their father's a writer and their mother's an actor, they've rejected that. <laughs> 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 well, not entirely. I think they might fall into it somehow.
0: Mm. <laughs> we, I, I'm like that. I could never ground my kids because I was like it's so important for them to be with their friends I'm not going to be the person that stops them from doing that and then they resent me for the rest of their lives but I do we're terrible as human beings we we focus on someone's weakness and think oh well okay so I know for my son at the moment with his girlfriend and he to the gym that you know humiliation would be the worst form of punishment uh, you know right now so the other day I, I did sort of say if you continue to not flush the loo I'm going to post a photo <laughs> on social media, and straight away I wouldn't do that. It'd be horrible. I would never do that. But I sort of thought, oh, that's worked. Oh <laughs> uh, right, uh, right. You know. So, uh, and I just thought, God, you know, it's really interesting how things matter to them that's so different. Whereas before, it would have been not being allowed to watch something or not, not you know. But I'm terrible. I have or something you know, taken
1: away, removed. Mm, yeah, I
0: never really did that either. I'm terrible. I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a softy.
1: Yeah. Like, they, you know, I don't have – I just I just trust them, basically.
0: <laughs> you know, if they're going to go
1: out as long as they tell me what time they're going to expect them to be home, what time they leave Where the place where they're coming from, then that's fine. I don't care what time it is. They know what they've got to do
0: the next day. And I bet, you know, the thing is we can't be hypocrites. We lived through the 90s, and I think we were mm-hmm. all doing worse stuff. Than our kids. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> so what's next? Oh well, I'm going to Tasmania. Have you ever seen a devil? <laughs> <laughs> ever
1: I've, seen devil? A... No, I worked there before. I worked there. I did, I did a really good film called um, The Sound of One Hand Clapping in Tasmania a long time ago. Um, but I'm um, doing a TV series there, which is, looks really fun. Sounds like it's going to be really fun. Apart what do you the do with it's your be dog, raining dog all the time? When you does it rain a lot? In Tasmania? Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like New Zealand. Um, I know that's the issue about my dog. I'm very... Um... I'll have
0: her. I love a border collie.
1: Will you? Oh yeah, God, absolutely. I don't know, I, know what to do.
0: No, I really would. I genuinely mean that because um, I, ha- I look after my cousin's dogs when he goes on tour. Really? Do you? And we have, yeah, so I, I take my dogs to his and uh, we have three cockapoos, but we, there's a border collie. And my goodness, I'd never experienced a border collie before. Yeah, she's oh, so great. It's like living with a genius. Yeah. They're so she clever. She comes to
1: work with me, and she knows the difference between a rehearsal and a take. Stop it. She knows how to behave. She stops people misbehaving at work. There's no raised verses or fuss, voices or fuss or anything like that. She's really... Um,
0: oh, I would def- yeah, definitely look great. Like we live in a lovely area, so if you are <laughs> looking, I, I love her, and I'd happily happily have a border collie temporarily again (laughs) you're on the list (laughs) brilliant and your fashion can i just say i can't we met through through fashion really (laughs) and your fashion is just brilliant i love that you are so anti-fast fashion do you know mrs lang the coat person
1: Oh, yeah, only because I keep buying it. I can't go to deal anymore because I always come home with something else. <laughs> and then I almost bought i almost bought this amazing jacket on at the car boot sale on the weekend in King's Cross because I thought, oh, it, it was interesting camo that I'd never seen before. It was Canadian. And I thought mm-hmm. I'd have to get her to
0: embellish it. And I thought, I'm, I have to stop. There has to be a stop point somewhere. No, you should have gone for it. You should have gone for it. Sorry. I know. I'm, I'm the worst person. <sighs> but we should explain, Mrs. Lang is on... Instagram and um, it's all upcycled coats but just the most camo and camo, denim yeah. and
1: with found pieces of beautiful Japanese embroidery and edging and fabrics and leopard print and carry oh, rocks it, it like for. a and, pro and people just always comment when I'm wearing one of her pieces yeah it's I know I enjoy my frock up <laughs> account because it's actually my friends because I went out actually just after lockdown, I went to, um, it was actually the Power of the Dog screening and Jane came here and was there. All all these people I know came up to me and said, we just love your frock Up account. We love it so much because it makes us laugh. It's much That's the only reason I do it, just to give my chums a joke. It makes their day, they say. They sit in the morning and just, you
0: know, gives them a hit of joy (laughs) because it's so silly. Oh, it's lovely. I check in on your loo selfies. I'm always like, how come you're always in public loos, though? That's the thing. <laughs> with really good lighting. <laughs> I know my lighting. It's, it's I know like, where to stand. Kerry's found another loo with really good lighting. What the hell? <laughs> no, I love... I mean, for me, that you're just... It is, it's like, it's my dream come true because... Um, seeing you in i mean i keep going on about shallow grave and i'm really sorry to do that to you because i know that Mm, you've you've done such incredible work and won awards for your acting but for me as a generation Xer who was living with flatmates at the time our landlord was secretly living in our flat as well so it was so fucked up (laughs) so watching something like that was just brilliant too
1: close to the truth yeah (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely and can i can what do you have any anecdotes from the filming of that? Because I will be shot. Sure. I mean, my son is doing film. That's what oh, he wants I just to remember
1: do. Keith Allen saying that. You know, oh, he apologized actually years later. I saw him because he came into the scene and he was such a wanker. You know, in a in a very pretentious way. So it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like I, it wasn't. He wasn't upsetting or anything. He was just sort of you know quite wonderfully so. You know, and I quite enjoyed it, and I enjoyed our scenes together. But um. And then he apologised to me years later saying I'm so sorry because I I didn't realise what a great actor you were and I only read up to the bit where he died. (laughs) 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 He didn't know, he didn't realise that he was going to be in something really good and he wished he'd he'd paid more attention. Really? (laughs) that's
0: hilarious. Uh, well i watched him in bodies he did bodies which i thought was just groundbreaking and that was a bbc3 thing where they was it yeah i don't they, know they played i've heard of it i haven't seen it oh and he, but he does play an Absolute wanker, and I remember mm. my daughter watching this and saying, "I can't believe the way this man is talking to these women." And I was like, "Yeah, well, that was the nineties, and also that was good that happened. was yeah, <laughs> what it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that for me was just, the, your house and everything that the where you lived. Yeah, and that because ter- that was another character, wasn't it?
1: Oh. Yeah, the, the flat was a character.
0: It really it's was. I'm so, so, so glad you say that.
1: It's time. But actually, it's, I've seen it not, so you know, where well, you've just seen it too. It actually does stand up, the design of it. It's, it seems to have stood the test of time, which is really great. Because I didn't know at the time whether it would.
0: Was it, it was Glasgow, was it? Yeah, but it was a build. No,
1: well, it was supposed to be Edinburgh. We shot in Glasgow. Oh, okay. But it was a studio. We were in a studio.
0: Oh, really? So it was
1: about, you know, twice, twice the size of a real flat. So the camera could move and they could take out the walls and the ceiling and all that sort of stuff
0: so it wasn't a real
1: flat no darling it's movie making isn't nothing's real
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wanted you to be literally terrified by Christopher Eccleston spying on you from a that is my worst nightmare if someone said what is your worst nightmare (laughs) up there with clowns and having Chris stare at you through a hole in the ceiling fucking hell (laughs) sorry but yeah (gasps) Oh, And he's so, like, he's, he's quite intense, isn't he? I'll say. <laughs> oh, Kerry, this has just been, it, you know that thing, don't meet your heroes or talk to your heroes, honestly. <laughs> I was really frightened because some of your characters are quite frightening women.
1: That's another thing about my foxy frocks up thing is that, you know, people have this impression of what I'm like at work and I come across it all the time, like, sometimes my work name is Scary Fox, you know. Really? Yeah, and because I'm just really sort of forthright. And, and also my work is always often, even if it's if, if I'm doing any sort of humour, it's still really um, intense. And um, I often use the word worthy in a good way, you know, um, but actually, you know, people are often surprised because that's not what I'm like. My much more true to my nature is my frock up Instagram, mm-hmm. you know that's you know i don't take myself too seriously and just like to be silly I that... <laughs> cook a lot of food <laughs> and, do you do you love do cooking cook oh yeah yeah i'm a great cook yeah um but uh <laughs> so it's sort of that's it was a relief it's like a, the secret little side of me that i like to that i've let out i've finally let out ever so slightly in public
0: and can i ask how long have you been a, a single mum oh god uh dozen years. Oh all right so it's been you and the boys for for a long time yeah. through lockdown and everything oh yeah, yeah yeah they do liberate us our sons a bit they do make us kind of whilst i do think oh i don't want to embarrass him i do also think i want to be the best version of a woman i can be around him so i probably am a bit more vocal and i speak up a bit more because i just don't want him to be a dick <laughs> I just really don't want him to be a dick so like this whole thing in Parliament with Boris Johnson you know being Sharon Stoned by Angela Rayner
1: that's so bizarre I just just... can't be bothered reading any of that it's more about our Prime Minister it's just so boring Yeah. yeah
0: so boring and it's just it's in 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 in, you know in something so serious is lots of things are happening in the world you know we really Mm. shouldn't be discussing that but it is the kind of thing i will bring up to my son and say that's a bullshit comment and don't you ever say you were distracted by Mm. a woman because she uncrossed her legs because more fool you
1: i think i'm the i'm the one (laughs) i'm the one who's the dick in my family because i went when i went the older one was younger and I felt that I had to have those conversations with him about the internet and uh-huh. pornography and the treatment of girls and I went to, I went into him and said um oh look I just feel I need to talk to you about about how you treat girls and have you know what to do with one of those tv shows that one the, the, gay, the gay one with um, I can't it. remember the character's names now it's a, uh, no it was pre that it was oh. before that where one of the mothers was talking about her daughter Pulling the hair out, her pubic hair out with tweezers and stuff. It was so shocking to me, so awful. And I thought, and I said, you don't say any comments to women, to girls, or your friends, or you've never said anything that would cause them harassment or upset. And my son just turned to me and said, Mum, I respect all my friends and love them, and I would never do or say anything to hurt them. And I went, I'm just not going to have this conversation about how you treat other people because yeah. you've got it sussed. <laughs> You did
0: that, Kerry, though. You made that. Yeah. I was so thrilled. Just, oh, more men like that. More men, you see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I hope one day we can go shopping together in real life. Oh, brilliant. God, yeah. I really want to go and touch those coats. <laughs> 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 I genuinely you wait do. You See, I've, what I've got <gasps>
1: now, I've just got this, this leather coat, vintage leather coat from the car boot sale that's full of oh, embossed in snakeskin. I'm going to wear it today. No. (laughs) How much did it cost? Like 120 quid (gasps) at car boot sale. Flipping. Find of a lifetime.
0: Brilliant. The best thing I ever bought. Tasmania. Is it? (laughs) Oh, I love it. But I mean, the fact that you're so different from your characters just shows what a brilliant actress you are because there are some very one-dimensional actresses who are actually what you see is what you get. And um, the fact that you are so lovely and self-deprecating and warm and friendly when your characters aren't like I <laughs> I probably shouldn't have revisited you know some of the things I did leading up to our doing because I was like oh my god I'm gonna be terrified <laughs> your presence is phenomenal oh thanks darling for all your fans who will be listening because I have a lot of friends who are fans where's the best place to sort of follow what you're up to is it your instagram is there a website no i don't have a website it's you know carrie fox act is the for your acting is where i put
1: stuff up yeah
0: but foxy frock up is
1: so fun foxy frocks up i know i know it'd be quite this first time i've said anything about that publicly I, I only just put my name on it about six months ago oh, it's brilliant. i was doing it anonymously <laughs> but i thought i'd better brave up
0: man up i'm awaiting the leather jacket the snake skin i'm awaiting today's loose selfie and i love the cameo that the dog oh always. yeah and
1: she's got her own website as well oh, her own insta of course um but you also have to put in you know i've invented a new word that i want to go viral um because i was interviewing um this great actress writer director called leah purcell purcell who's um uh, an aboriginal first nations of australia practitioner and um she, her film the drover's Wife, is coming. Out here in a couple of weeks. And I interviewed her and I just I thought she's so mesmerizing and so inspiring. I have to come up with something to describe her. And so I just came up with her brilliant (gasps) vigilance.
0: I love it's my new word, and we've got to use it everywhere. I'm gonna use that hashtag. So I'm gonna copy you now. So how are you spelling it? Because we need to make sure it's spelled. So you're V-A-G-I-L-L-I-A-N-C-E. Yeah they yeah that's great for great girly action let's make a movement shall I get you a t-shirt with that on it I'm going to you know I'm not I'm going to Kerry I'm going to I'm going to send you a t-shirt just so I can say I sent Kerry Fox a t-shirt trust me this is totally (laughs) self-serving no I'm going to I'm going to get get your address off there and I'm going to send you a a t-shirt with that on it are you already using the hashtag I have a few times yeah Okay, let's get it yep. trending. Let's get it. So what are you up to for the rest of the day?
1: Oh, so I'll to be back on the phone to bloody talk. talk with oh, me. no. Get my £12.50
0: back. <laughs> <Bastards. laughs> just, just
1: because I can't bear
0: it. No, I'm the same. Oh, I will fight over 30p. I just can't bear any kind of... All that's up. Oh, do you know the other
1: thing I did last night? I made this beautiful dinner, but I bought some white asparagus because it's just in season. Ooh. And it was £9.80 for four sticks.
0: Stop it.
1: No. So I'm going to do something very, very precious with some asparagus.
0: And everybody has to nibble. (laughs) (laughs) Is it one stem each? (laughs) If you're lucky. Oh, Kerry, you are just magnificent. And thank you to all the listeners for sticking with us and listening and sharing and liking and subscribing. We're going to put all the information into the show notes where you can find Kerry's movies and TV shows and also conversations with friends, which is coming on Hulu. Thank you so much. I've got a brilliant guest for you next time. Stay with Diary of the Name Dropper and tell your friends. Have a good one.